Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the fourth weekend of Advent. Christmas is just a few days away. And fortunately for us, in the scripture readings for this weekend, three people give us some very simple spiritual lessons to help us prepare for the coming of the Christmas season. They are the prophet Micah, Elizabeth, and Mary. Now, these three people, by worldly standards, are essentially irrelevant. And yet, by standards of God, all three people play a vital role in God's plan of salvation. First, the prophet Micah. Now, when we read the first reading, that passage essentially is a synopsis or a summation of the entire Old Testament. When we read this passage, the prophet Micah is anticipating the birth of Jesus Christ into the world. St. John Chrysostom once said, What is hidden in the old is revealed in the new. I'll say that again. What is hidden in the old is revealed in the new. Essentially, he's talking about the Bible. So what is hidden in the old? Well, it's Jesus Christ and his birth into this world. The whole Old Testament, whether it's the stories or the prophets of the Old Testament, it is all about waiting anticipating and pointing even to the birth of Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Messiah being born into this world. And yet, what is revealed in the New? In the New Testament, Jesus Christ himself is revealed. Jesus, his way of teaching, his way of life, his interpretation of the Torah, the law, his plan of salvation for us all, ultimately his mercy and his love, as he climbs upon the cross to save us and the entire world. That is what is truly revealed. And so, yes, what is hidden in the old is truly revealed in the new. Now go back to the first reading from the book of the prophet Micah. And it says, Thus says the Lord, You, Bethlehem, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is the ruler of Israel. Now, what we have to understand about Bethlehem is that it was a very tiny village or town. We would describe it as a podunk or a backwater town, just big enough in order to make itself on the map. And yet, this little tiny town will be the first to welcome the Son of God into this world. Why? Well, it's a basic biblical theme. Throughout the entire Bible, God is able to do great things with small places or small people. In this case, Bethlehem. As the prophet Micah says, Bethlehem, too small to be among the clans of Judah. What we have to understand is we cannot look to the great worldly splendor, but instead we must look to the insignificant of this world, and that's exactly where God can be found. 
Scripture scholars refer to this as the great reversal. I'll give you some examples. Moses. Moses is this small little shepherd in the midst of the desert, all alone, tending to his sheep. And it's there that God appears to him and tells him, you must go and free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. How does Moses respond? Well, he tells God, I I can't do it. I have a speech impediment. And he does. Moses stutters quite severely. And yet God tells Moses, you will receive the power of the word of God and you will speak it to Pharaoh. How about tiny David? Tiny David faces down the giant Goliath. Now, Goliath is this humongous figure, a warrior. And all of the soldiers of Israel are terrified of Goliath. No one wants to fight him in single-handed combat. And yet, this tiny little boy, David, faces down this giant and he defeats Goliath using a tiny little stone. How about Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa stands a towering four feet, ten inches tall. And yet, this spiritual giant transformed the world by recognizing that each and every one of us has a duty and responsibility to care for the poor, the sick, and the homeless in our society. And see, this is the great reversal. God does great things with small places or small people. Why? Well, it's because it's a reflection of who God is. God's greatness can be found in his humility and his love. How does the world view greatness? The world views greatness in the self-grandizement of the ego, with pride, honor, fame, fortune, notoriety. And yet, the Bible tells us that is not how God views greatness. Instead, greatness in the view of God comes from small things. Herein lies the first spiritual lesson that the prophet Micah is teaching us. That is, God chooses the weak and he makes them strong in bearing witness to the Lord in this world. You see this throughout the entire Bible. People that you think are the least likely, the weakest by worldly standards, are powerful when they come in front of God's grace and then live out God's will for them. The second spiritual lesson now is taught to us by Elizabeth. We turn to the gospel and it says, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting and when she heard that the infant leapt in her womb. Elizabeth, once thought to be sterile, incapable of bearing children, and now she bears a child, a gifted child, blessed. It is John the Baptist who is going to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. See, herein lies the second lesson. Through God's grace, impossible things become places for possibility, places for hope, better yet, even for life itself. Once again, you can see this throughout the Bible. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, the mother of Samson, all women who were thought to be sterile, incapable of bearing children and life, now are able to do that through the grace of God. Things that we think of as being impossible are possible through God's grace. 
And yet, what's the myth that our culture presents to us? What's the myth of our society? That the only way that we can truly be happy is if we're perfect. We have to be the greatest, the strongest, the fastest, the most beautiful, the most intelligent, the most articulate. We have to be all these things. And when we are, yes, then we are truly happy. And yet, what does the Bible tell us? Each person in the Bible is very much aware of their own weaknesses and limitations. Better yet, they are aware of God's transformative grace, which can bring them out of darkness into light. And see, that's the second spiritual lesson that now Elizabeth teaches us. Never, ever give up hope. When all seems dark, when the challenges in our life seem to get the best of us, never give up hope. Elizabeth never did. She always wanted to bear a son, and ultimately she did. John the Baptist, and was, as Jesus mentions, the greatest of all the prophets. Therefore, we should also never give up hope. Through God's transformative grace, things that we think are impossible are now possible. Finally, the third spiritual lesson that is taught to us is by Mary. Now, in the beginning of the gospel, we hear the story of the visitation. And yet, just prior to this is the story of the Annunciation, in which the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and announces that she will bear a son, that she will give birth to the Son of God, and she will be the mother of God. What is Mary's response? She says to the angel Gabriel, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Mary trusts, believes, then acts upon the word of God. Now, in the gospel that we hear for this weekend, it says, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Well, what's the implication here? When we trust in God, when we allow God, the Holy Spirit, to work in and through us, then we know exactly what to do. We know exactly where to go. And that's the lesson that now Mary teaches us. As she now goes to Elizabeth, who needs help in giving birth to her son, John the Baptist. Notice further in the Gospel, it said, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste. Well, why does Luke, the author of the gospel, include that specific detail in haste? Why didn't he just say, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country? But he specifically tells us, in haste she went. Why? Well, this is the third spiritual lesson that now Mary is teaching us. When we know the word of God, when the Holy Spirit is active in us, working in and through us, we, like Mary, must trust, believe, and then act immediately upon it. And yet, what's the great temptation for us all? We know the Word of God. It's active in our life. And yet we say, well, you know, I I'm too busy today. I'll act upon it tomorrow. Or I've got a really busy week this week. I'll think about it next week. We put it off. We can't do that. Instead, when we know the Word of God, we know it's working in and through our life, then go 
in haste, act upon it. Don't put it off. Don't dawdle. Don't second guess it. Instead, like Mary, act upon it immediately. Now, did Mary completely and fully understand God's plan of salvation for her as well as the world? No, not entirely. That's why later on in Luke's gospel, it says, Mary pondered all these things in her heart. She didn't entirely understand God's plan of salvation, but that didn't matter. She trusted, believed, and acted upon it. And that's the lesson that she now is teaching us. My friends, Christmas is coming within a matter of just a few days. And we have three beautiful figures in sacred scripture to help us prepare for the Christmas season. They each teach us a simple lesson in the spiritual life. First and foremost, God chooses the weak and he makes them strong in bearing witness to the Lord in this world. Second, never ever give up hope. Despite the fact that things seem bleak or dark in your life, never give up hope because through God's grace, what we think is impossible is possible for God. Finally, when we hear the word of God and we know that the Holy Spirit is active in our life, then we must in haste act upon it. Always. I think these three simple spiritual lessons will help us make this Christmas season a very spiritual one for us all. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.